What's going on, guys? Josh here. Really quickly, before we hop in the show, I want to ask you to leave a rating and a review on the podcast wherever you're listening to the show. It's the number one way for the show to spread in all the different podcast platforms, and uh, I'd really appreciate it if you do that. Now, without any further ado, let's hop into the episode with Ben. This is, this is a football podcast, man. Meat. Football. Good. Ben, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Brothers podcast. Josh Johnson, Ben Watts here with you. We're talking fantasy Back football. Again. We're, we're stoked. We're absolutely stoked. I am. And sweating. This is great. Because it's hot. Well, I'm good for now, but we got just about wait. like we got like 30 minutes. Just wait till the end of this episode. If you're watching this on YouTube, just examine Ben for a second before you click no, off. See, I'm wearing dark, I'm wearing point, dark colors. I still got my work scrubs on, so <laughs> it, it won't it won't show the sweat. Yeah, just look out. Watch out for the mustache at the end. It's going to be a little drenched. <laughs> it's a little warm over there, isn't it? Yeah. Well, like my room gets really hot, so I've got like an AC unit, like a portable one that sits in the window, and I've got a fan, and it can get it pretty cold in here. But I just got off work a little bit ago, so I like came in and cranked everything like way down, put everything on high to try to cool it down. Because when we record, I have to turn it off so Josh can't edit out the noise. <laughs> There's only so much turd you can polish. Yeah, it's just uh, you hear a low <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, usually that's my computer because it sounds like an airplane about to take off. Yeah, for those who don't know, we live in different states, so we. For the most part, I have different weather patterns. But right now, in the dead middle of summer, I can just assume it's stupid hot in South Carolina where Ben is because oh, it's also in like stupid the middle hot. of South Carolina too. So it's just flatlands of just steam. Just yeah. it's ridiculous. <laughs> you just walk out and sweat. Yeah. Oh, it's gross. I I had so the the AC went out in my car uh, a a month ago maybe something Not like that. Not the Miata. Yeah. The poor Miata. It's tragic. And, you know, it was fine because it's a convertible. So I can just pop the top down and just deal with it. It's fine. But uh, I got it fixed a couple weeks ago. So I've had cold air. It's been quite nice this time of year. Well, the past two days, it has been so hot. By so hot, I mean like 96 with humidity, which for us, that's ridiculous. You know, it might be worse other places. But for us, that's nuts. So I was driving home from work today and i had the ac absolutely blasting and i can't figure out if the ac broke again or if it's just so hot that the ac's on but it does not matter i think you just you got you need to sell it man i'm i'm, I'm about to it's time to part ways i'm about to we're about to be on uh team tacoma that's what i'm talking about baby let's go <laughs> love my truck oh we got a big episode today Getting into the rankings. It's about time. The redraft rankings. Yeah, so we're jumping into our top 24 wide receivers for redraft. Uh, I, have we done wide receiver rankings yet this year? I can't We've remember. We've done dynasty. We have not done redraft. This is the first of this cycle. Wonderful. 
So we have top 24. We got a little bit of news. Not a ton, but a little bit. It's, a it's trickle. still boring in this landscape, man. We have two running backs on a franchise tag currently. Neither one of them have signed the franchise tag. Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs have been offered the franchise tag. They have until Monday of next week. So we're recording this. This is uh, Wednesday the 12th. They have until Monday of next week to work out a long-term deal. After Monday, they cannot work out a long-term deal, and they either have to sign the franchise tag or not play and not get paid. It'll be interesting to see if they pull a Le'Veon Bell and sit out for a year, which I feel like would be completely stupid because you had that whole example to learn from, or uh, they'll be playing on a new deal or the franchise tag. Uh, you and I are kind of in similar situations. I'm in one of my leagues where, God, I need Josh Jacobs to play, and I need him to play well. And you in a separate league really need Saquon Barkley to play and play well. So we are both praying yeah. they sign. I I am very much hoping. And, you know, it's at this point with fantasy, like every player I feel like I have somewhere. So, you know, this news, I feel like I can't pull against, I don't know, Josh Jacobs in that one league where I don't have him. You do. But I've got him in another league where I'm competing. So I, I gave really him to prefer, you, I think, Doc. You did. I would really <laughs> prefer to have Josh Jacobs also with Saquon for everybody's team who will be greatly affected by having two top seven running backs, top six running backs removed, deleted from the fantasy season. That would suck. Please play guys. Please. I hope they play. We'll, we'll see. We got some news on the Alvin Kamara front. Uh, Finally. He, I think is going to accept a plea deal and he will end up having a misdemeanor uh, assault charge stemming from that issue after the uh well that altercation i guess you would call it i don't know if you can call it an altercation they beat the living heck out of a dude <laughs> knocked the crap out of somebody an altercation sort of uh indicates that there was a little bit of a give and take there was not a give and take there was just give and that guy took i feel bad for it man I felt i'd have died for him. <laughs> i, I would have been dead oh my gosh uh, so yeah, Alvin Kamara probably gets a, uh, f- maybe four games, uh, maybe less. I hope I it's less. Him, I, I know you hope it's less. <laughs> same, <laughs> same league I have Josh Jacobs also got Kamara. And imagine, my team's, and my team is contending, like, I cannot lose both of those guys. Imagine the absolute chaos if Josh oh, Jacobs sits gosh. out the year and Alvin Kamara gets suspended for like dude, six games. Dude, if that happens, I'm rolling out DeAndre Swift and Tyler Algier. <laughs> oh, I mean, you do have Jonathan Taylor. I, I do have JT in this league. But, but it would be catastrophic. Yeah, this is not... This is worst case scenario. I think at that point, you could just hand me the trophy. I don't know. Maybe Dalvin Cook signs with the Jets and destroys Brees Hall. I'd still be fine. That'd be beautiful. (laughs) I'd be all right. It'd be okay. All right. Top 24, wide receivers. We're going to be really hot takey here. We're going to take Justin Jefferson as the wide receiver one for redraft this year. Shocking, I know. I I know. It's a lot to handle. I personally, this is a composite list of all our rankings. I personally put Jamar Chase at one. 
I don't call you crazy. It's like everybody has them. If you do tier based ranking, which we tend to do, like everybody's got them one and two, and then it's everybody else. I'm I'm kind of just leaning Chase. More, I, it's it's nitpicking. I will say that. But when we saw Chase on the field last year, it was 12 games. He had 134 targets, which is more than he had in his rookie season through 12 games. He went from a seven targets a game, he jumped up to 11 targets a game. He actually had, in the games he played, a higher target share than Justin Jefferson did. He had 30% of his team's targets. Chase or Jefferson had 28. Um, and he led the NFL in red zone targets in 12 games. So you get 17 games of Jamar Chase, I think you could be looking at one of the greatest receiving seasons of all time with 11 targets a game. It could be very insane. Um, I will say the only pushback, and it is, it is nitpicking. There is no We're creating drama where there is no drama. Exactly. If you took Jamar Chase above Justin Jefferson, I'm sure— you know, go for it. I, I don't think that is a outlandish thing to do. I think it's perfectly fine. Uh, but I will say this. Um, Justin Jefferson was, for a great portion of the season, on pace to break Calvin Johnson's... Well, no, he wasn't on pace to break uh, the record. But he was on pace to go over 2,000 yards, which is absurd. Well, I mean, Johnson uh, never had 2,000. You're right. He had 18. No one's ever had 2,000. You're right. So he was, I think it was up until like week 13, maybe, that he was on pace for uh, 2,000. He had two weeks of just complete clunkers, like two for 20 kind of weeks. And that um, is one thing I don't think people realize is, and again, nitpicking. Jefferson has an, a tendency to occasionally, like if he has a bad game, is bad. Yeah. Whereas Jamar Chase in PPR had zero single digit games last year. He had 10 points no matter what. Yeah. And his boom games, he had 35 points. Which also Justin Jefferson had. So I, yes, This the is same. true. This is true. <laughs> they are the same. <laughs> um, They're both Dyn- unbelievably good. Yeah, they, they, are, they are great. I think, I think in a redraft league, if you're sitting at the 101 or 102, I don't care if Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler are on the board. I'm taking Jefferson or Chase, whichever one of them is there. Interesting. You would prefer those two over Christian McCaffrey? I think I would. It's not crazy. I don't know if I would do it, but it's not crazy. I would take both of them over Eckler. If it's personally. a if it's a half PPR, sure, go take McCaffrey. But if it is full PPR, I'm taking those two guys over the running backs. Fair enough. All right, number three, we have Cooper Cup. Shocking again. I have an absolutely absurd statistic for you. It, I I believe it if it's Cooper Cup. He <laughs> he is the he has had in the past two years the most consistent stretch of absolutely absurd production. I think in he's PPR had like formats what, that I've what, ever seen twenty games of, of fifteen normal points in a row, not including the injury. In games he has played the past two years, including the four games in the playoffs. Uh, from 2021 he has had one one week below 15 fantasy points and that week he scored 11 and a half we're talking about you know jamar chase Justin jefferson over there and you and we're nitpicking 
you know, with Jefferson will sometimes have some duds. Chase only had like Chase had no games below ten points. Cup has no games below fifteen points. Like that's no. stupid. Let me read you <laughs> these PPR fantasy scores that Cooper Cup put up last year when Justin Jefferson was the one oh one, when Jamar Chase was dominating. Cooper Cup outscored both of them, by the way. These were his uh his numbers. Thirty one point eight, thirty one point eight, sixteen and a half. 26.2, How do you like that? That's better than Christian McCaffrey. That is dumb. He averaged 22 points per game in PPR last year. Uh, Justin Jefferson averaged 21.6. He is a positional advantage. And I think we got him at three. We're expecting the age to eventually factor in. The team's not going to be as good as it used as it was a couple years ago. Yeah. So we fell from one to three. <laughs> yeah. So some of this is we're not sure that that offense is going to be super great. We're not sure if that team is going to be super great. They might be terrible, but we do know this: Cooper Cup is, is going 30. to get. Well, yes, he's approaching thirty, but he's going to get an obscene number of targets. Matthew Stafford will home in on him. Uh, he's the guy there. Yeah. Not not nope. much to say there. Not not a ton. None of these are too outlandish yet. Number four, Tyreek Hill. The cheetah. Um, Monitor his legal situation with, a little bit, too. Yeah. What uh, What's up with that? I, I'm not sure. Like, I had heard rumors that it got, like, dropped, left alone, whatever. And a few days ago, I heard that they were picking it back up for some reason. Okay. So, the gist of it, it was something like... What did he do? He went onto somebody's he, boat. I think he slapped somebody. Okay. Well, good, good, great. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't these athletes just like not hit people? Just let's stop being stupid. Like, <laughs> I don't make to fifteen million dollars a year, and I don't slap people. I want to, but I don't. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, I don't know. So, Just be a decent human for five <laughs> seconds. As as my mom would say as a kid, keep your hands to yourself. Heard that a few times. Yeah. So Tyree Kill at four. He was fantastic last year. That part of it aside, the legal junk aside. If Tyree Tua Kill had stayed very, healthy, very he would have had 2,000. I think he would have. He was on a absolutely ridiculous pace. He had the most targets he'd ever had in his career last year. Even though Tua missed several games, he still had 170 targets, which is just dumb. 1,700 yards, uh, seven touchdowns. We proved it. It wasn't Mahomes that made Tyreek Hill. They helped each other. Tyreek Hill's just good. He's good at football. He's just amazing. He is absolutely amazing. So... I, I don't know that 1,700 yards, uh, 170 targets, I don't know if you can count on that replicating per se, and that's probably why we have him at four, because he finished uh, in PPR wide receiver two. If you prefer him over Cooper Cup even, I, it's not insanity. I mean, Tyreek Hill still averaged over 20 PPR points per, per game last year. So all four of these guys, honestly, I feel like are in similar... Maybe not the same tier, but like in a similar stratosphere. I think I think for redraft, I, I don't 
I don't have a problem with putting those four guys in tier one. Like Jefferson and Chase are one and two in Dynasty. Yeah. And yeah, we've got them here at one and two in Redraft too, but like Cup and Reek are just barely behind them, if at all. Yeah. Here's where things get a little interesting. Yeah. Mostly because of me, we have AJ it's, Brown it's at number you. five. Yeah. You <laughs> pushed hard for this one. I did. I think AJ Brown's incredible. And, I do too. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you that he's a bad player. No, he's absolutely insane. I think where people are a little bit more hesitant on him was he's not quite that same level of the the other four, which is true. He's not. Uh, but last year on only 145 targets, he had 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns. That's pretty that good. Is, that is pretty unbelievable. He has been such a efficiency king for all four years of his career in the NFL. Um, like you just sort of have to bake it in to his projections that maybe he doesn't get quite the volume of some of these other guys where these other guys you're expecting like 160 plus targets, uh, maybe even 175 plus targets. I, I don't think anybody projects AJ Brown to get that level of volume, but what you do project is a lot of spike weeks um, and a lot of touchdowns. I think those are, I mean, he's got two seasons of double digit touchdowns. Uh, his rookie year, he had eight touchdowns. And then uh, in 2021, when he only played 13 games, he had uh, five. But he is a touchdown machine and uh, an efficiency king in an offense that is going to score a lot of points, uh, has got a great quarterback, great offensive line. Uh, it's just run it back. He's 26, just run it back. Yeah, I think it's it's more of a question here of what do you prefer between safety and uh, and what's the word I'm looking for here? Ceiling. That's what I'm yes. looking for. Um, I think A.J. Brown has the highest ceiling of these next three guys, but I also think he they are a little bit safer. They're going to get more targets. They're going to have less down weeks. Again, it's nitpicking. So do you prefer the safety or do you prefer ceiling? Yeah. And not that he's going to like destroy you when he has a bad week, but right when he has a bad week, it might be six, seven points versus 10, 12. Yes. Number six, we have Stefan Diggs. Stefan. I think we forget how good Stefan Diggs was at the beginning yeah, of last year. People sleep on Stefan Diggs. These it's weird that's to say that people sleep on Stefan Diggs. They don't want to have him here, but they, they can. He, his first, um, let's see here. His first eight weeks, his Incredible. point totals were 26, 44, 14, 10. I remember that second week. That was absolutely ridiculous. I went into, <laughs> in one of, one of my main leagues, went into that week expecting to lose. Like I was down big. I was down by, like, legitimately, it was like 35 points. And I'm like, I'm not going to win this. And I was just enjoying the game. And he, Stephon Diggs scored one touchdown. I'm like, okay, cool. He caught a few passes, was doing well. Scored again. I'm like, okay. We're listening here. And then he caught, like, a 40-yard bomb that just put it over the top. It was amazing. Yeah, he went absolutely nuclear. He, uh, he started off so hot. And then Josh Allen got hurt his last uh, weeks, 14 through 18. He had 
one finish inside the top 40 wide receivers, and that was week 18. Um, he had four wild. straight weeks of wide receiver 40 or worse. So that's not good. That's when, it, that's when it gets cold up in Buffalo, man. It got cold. I think Josh that's Allen was something hurt. you kind of got to think about when you draft those guys, too. Like, they play outside in the cold, so when the weather's bad, I I cannot stand when weather ruins a game. Yeah. But for the Bills, it can. Certainly. Certainly can. Until they get that new stadium built, it's it's going to be an issue. If, I don't know if Diggs will be a Bill by then. <laughs> he may not. He may not. Uh, number seven, C.D. Lamb. C.D. I like C.D. I like him a lot. <laughs> I like him. You know. CD, like he, he cool. You know, he cool. He cool, man. He cool. <laughs> uh, pitch me on CD. I, I like him. I don't know if I'm like in love with him for this season, but I like him. Why should I be in love with him? I think we should be in love with CD for, A, we've seen him get progressively better each and every season of his career. He was the wide receiver 22 his rookie year. Then he went to 19 his second year, and he jumped up to six in year three. So we've seen steady progression of him getting better. He had 156 targets last year. That's including games when Cooper Rush was playing. So his season could have been even better last year. Nine touchdowns. They don't really bring in any target competition. I am mildly concerned with the change in offensive coordinator slightly because I don't know if, I mean, Kellen Moore, I think we're going to see Kellen Moore pop off this year, and we're going to understand just how much he actually did for the Cowboys. He was the brains yeah. behind that offense. But still, like, even before he was there, like, CeeDee Lamb is unbelievably talented. And, I mean, I just I don't see a world where anybody's taking targets from him. I could see him getting in. I'd, I'd, his targets should be at least the same, if not better. Yes. I... I agree. I mean, I think CD is probably going to finish right about here, this 7-8 range. I think with him, maybe I'm psyching myself out because I have experienced the two seasons where he was not unbelievable, and I did not experience the season this past year when he was. So I might just not have I was, that. I had him a few times this past year. Okay, so like I just I don't think I got to experience the high. I experienced the mids and the lows. Um, so I might just not be thinking of him the same way others do. I mean, we know he produces. I have questions about how good the offense is going to be, but like looking at their personnel, Dak is still there. They added Brandon Cooks. Michael Gallup is one year healthier from that ACL injury. Um, like, I know Kellamore left, and maybe the offense is not a top-five scoring offense like they have been the past couple of years. But I don't believe Brandon Cooks steals uh, CeeDee Lamb's lunch. I don't believe Michael Gallup steals CeeDee Lamb's lunch. Dalton Schultz is gone. You know, at the end of the day, I sort of have to just default to CeeDee Lamb's really talented. We've seen it on the field. Uh, he's a great player. And just sort of trust that he'll come through. And uh, maybe I just haven't built up that trust muscle with C.D. Lamb. I mean, I get where you're saying it from, but at the same time, we saw it last year. We did. 
it it showed he up. He did. And I think he's only he's still ascending. I mean, you think Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, all those guys are still ascending. He's 24 years old. Just said the best year of his career was a borderline top five receiver. They didn't bring in any Cargan competition. Like, what can you say? I mean, the dude's great. Yeah. Number eight, Mr. Garrett Wilson. We are this one. This one, I feel like we're probably a little bit higher than some people are. We might be. There's a large faction of uh, fantasy fans that are like just not going to buy into anybody until they see it explode on the field, which is fair in a certain sense. And I know it sounds hypocritical given what I just said about CeeDee Lamb, but I saw enough from Garrett Wilson last year to extrapolate that based on the fact that they brought in a massive upgraded quarterback. I don't care how good Aaron Rodgers appears this year. League average quarterback play is a massive improvement. And I think at the very minimum, Aaron Rodgers can be league average. Um, they, this Jets team is very, very good. Garrett Wilson is an alpha. They got a, a, a quarterback upgrade. You know, it's just Garrett Wilson is set to explode and we're projecting that to parlay into a top 10 finish yeah this one we're taking a little bit more of a shot than some of these other guys like who are obviously good but the dude with wildly bad quarterback play had 147 targets he had 83 catches 1100 yards as a rookie with a carousel of bad quarterbacks so now you bring in one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game and yeah a dominantly a dominant wildly talented receiver who showed up last year now getting a quarterback. I don't I don't see where it goes bad. I mean, obviously things can happen, but the writing's on the wall for Garrett Wilson. Yeah, and he did his work while only scoring four touchdowns. He actually only had two games where he scored. They're both big games. Both absolutely exploded, but like just just let that sink in for a second. He only scored in two of the 18 games that he played in last year. And still or had the games 17 where he scored games, 17, 17, 24, 17. Those were without touchdowns. Yeah. And so Mike White and Zach Wilson are your quarterbacks. And Joe if Flacco. You get a, if you get a little bit of positive touchdown regression in there, as they say, let's say he scores seven, eight touchdowns, which you can expect as somebody that you would expect 150 targets for from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers' targets are not the same as Mike White and Zach Wilson targets. We'll just start that off You're the You're kidding me. <laughs> They're a little bit different. Aaron Rodgers is going to make some throws where Garrett Wilson is just going to get it in the bread basket and he's just going to be able to run. And uh, that dude with the ball in his hands is a scary, scary sight. I'm still upset Atlanta didn't take him with their pick. I like Drake London. Don't get me wrong. I think Drake London is very talented. This dude is just, he's different. I wonder how good Garrett Wilson would have been on that Atlanta team last year. Because I don't think it was a Drake London problem. No, uh, no, So no, much no. as a Atlanta problem. At probably the same level of production, honestly. I mean, Garrett Wilson had 147 targets, 83 catches. I don't think he would have done that in Atlanta because he wouldn't have got 147 targets. No, he would not have. <laughs> He'd have gotten like 120. He would have yeah. done. He would have gotten the same target share. He would have got what Drake London. Drake London was fine. Yeah, 
if you got him a quarterback, oh my God, he'd be so good. Him and yeah. Pitts, but we're going down a different rabbit hole. Number eight, this feels really bad, but it's Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, I don't know. What can you say about Devontae Adams? We've got a different quarterback. We've got bargain Ben Derek Carr now in Jimmy Garoppolo. And um, I don't know. <laughs> there, There's not much to say about Devontae that we don't already know because he has been so dominant for so long. But I do think there are some questions. He's getting older. The quarterback play. Do we even know if it's going to be Garoppolo yet? Or is that locked in even? I mean, I think so. This is this one's more of a I'm betting because I know who Devontae Adams is. I have right. seen it over and over. I know he is probably I don't know if it's not blasphemous to say it, but he's probably the best receiver in the league. Just yeah, as far as his, his entire game is. Like Jefferson is great, Chase is great, Cup's great. No one is as smooth as Devontae Adams is. It's just not possible. No, he is phenomenal. I, I he is the best receiver in football right now, even though you've got Jefferson Chase absolutely crushing it, Tyreek Hill crushing it. Devontae has for a very long period of time produced at an absolutely absurd level. And even if it takes a little bit of a dip this year, he's going to be really, really good. Yeah. Still see him in top 10. Number nine, Amon-Ra St. Brown. I think we got this mixed up. We had Garrett Wilson as eight and then Devontae at eight at nine. This is 10. You're right. This is okay. Usually so <laughs> mix them up just a little bit. <laughs> Amon Ra is our number nine. Devonte was ten. Nice number nine. Amon Ra St. Brown. He's he's very good. He's quite good. Um, I guess with with Amon Ra, is he going to take that step forward in terms of touchdowns that we did not he- see last year? I was going to say I think he could. Um, I, it's tough because Jamison Williams is going to be out six games. But I don't think Jamison Williams really impacted his target share that much to begin with, even if no. he plays a full season. It's more of a when they get in the red zone, I feel like it could be very much of a Gibbs and Montgomery show rather than an Amonra show. And I still expect St. Brown – Amonra is going to get his – but those guys are going to hurt him more than I think we realize. Yeah, I am curious how much he gets used in the red zone. I'm wondering if Hawkinson... Um, I mean, I know he left midseason last year, and so maybe you can't really extrapolate. But I'm just wondering if, since Hawkinson is gone, Jamison Williams will miss the first uh, six weeks. I wonder if Jared Goff just like homes in on Amon Ra. He gets 11 targets a week. I can see And that. then, you know, we look up at the end of the year and he's got 165 targets, turns into like 1,300, 1,400 yards, and then the touchdowns fall where they may. And he's he's going to be way better in PPR too because that dude, he gets 165 targets. He's going to have like 120 catches. Yes. I mean, he's I mean he had 100 off. And, he, 
He had 106 targets last year. It says he played 16 games. He did not play 16 games. That is, he he dealt with injuries. Uh, let's see here. I mean, week five, he played like only the first three weeks. Snaps. I think he was he was putting up Cooper Cup numbers of like 30 points, 30 points, 26 points, and everybody was like, he is the Cup this year. And then I I know he got hurt around week four or five. Yeah, he uh, he did not play week four. Week five, he only played 30% of snaps. And then week seven, he only played 17% of snaps. So, you know, that's really only 14 games that he played last year. He was averaging about roughly 10 targets a game. Yeah. So I could see that tipping up just a little bit. Um, I could also see a scenario where he ends up being more involved in the red zone. Uh, You also got to think. I mean, he went down at the one a bunch last year, and Jamal Williams scored, was it 19 touchdowns? I I hate Jamal Williams <laughs> so much. He just was this black hole <sighs> of in-close scoring, and obviously when your running back scores from the one 38 million times, you cannot throw it to your number one wide receiver. I think we can expect some... Uh, some more touchdown production from Amon Ra this year. Yeah. I mean, he is the passing attack. Gibbs will get a good, a, a very large target share out of the backfield, but he's not, he's still a running back. Right. He's a the large target share is still like 15% of the targets. Yeah. Then that's great for a running back. And so I guess what the rest, uh, 85 go to Amon Ra? Yes. You'll <laughs> take that. Amon Ra's walking out with an 80% target share. Yeah. No, I mean, I could see a real scenario where he ends up with 27 to 30% of the targets. I, I think 30 is well within the realm of possibilities. Yeah. Which is, in at that point, you're looking at Chase Jefferson levels of involvement in the offense. Right. So, you'll take that. You'll take that, for sure. Number 11, we've got Jalen Waddell. Uh, we've got him as number one of this three pack of wide receiver twos that are really wide receiver ones. Um, Waddle, Waddle's really interesting because his rookie year, it was volume, 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 and not much efficiency. And then this past year, he was the most efficient wide receiver in football. He was absolutely absurd in terms of production for how many targets he actually got. He only had 117 targets last year. Yeah, he dropped uh, 23 targets from his rookie season. Right, but he had 1,356 yards. he jumped up five spots in the, in the final standings. <laughs> 1,356 yards and eight touchdowns on only 117 <laughs> he targets. He had 18 yards a catch. Holy Absolutely God. ridiculous. <laughs> That's stupid. I don't think we can project that level of efficiency moving forward. But to be honest, Tyreek Hill was also that level of efficiency himself. I know he's a little bit of an outlier. But, uh, you know, we this offense... this was going to kill Waddle, and it didn't. Right. It, it did not. He produced, despite Tyreek Hill absorbing 170 targets, despite um, Tua Tagovailoa dying there for a couple weeks uh, he's going to be really really good again i don't know if you can expect that that same level of efficiency but i would expect he probably gets a few more targets wouldn't you say 
I would I would think so. That's got to come up some, especially with a healthy Tua the whole season. Yeah, I mean, I know his numbers dipped pretty significantly when Tua went out. Well, I mean, I mean all of them did. Not really. Now that I'm looking at it, not really. I mean, he his target numbers were not super high. Um but, you know, there were still week 15 against Buffalo, 20 points, 16 uh, against Green Bay, 25 points. Um, he wasn't as electric, let's put it that way. His target numbers were 5, 4, 7, 6, 5, 5. That's not amazing. You want him getting like, you know, 8, 9 targets a week. But, um, yeah. I, but I even think... on those games, he's got multiple with 100, and it's less than 7 targets. He's got 100 Oh, yards. yeah. Yeah, he's got... Uh, Green Bay was six targets, five catches, 140 yards. Uh, ridiculous. Um, Buffalo, seven targets, seven, three catches. Three catches. But what, he's one of those dudes. I mean, one catch can turn into a good fantasy game. Exactly. That's all it takes. One 65 yard catch. Okay, boom. He's got 12 points. And he had many of them. Yeah. Many of them. I think. I think he led the NFL in 40 yard touchdown catches. He's one of those guys too. You're just you're betting on the ceiling because the ceiling is ridiculous. It's absolutely dumb. So he he leads off this three pack. Uh, this it's the same kind of. Or sorry, I was gonna say it's the same kind of thing with AJ Brown, Diggs, and Lamb. You got Waddle at the head of this three pack, but I think the next two guys have a safer floor than him. Probably, yeah. Uh, T Higgins, we've got at number twelve, and there Do I need is to say anything really. I mean, no, I, I think there could be like two different, um, there could be two different ways of thinking about T Higgins. Number one is you, uh, you look at his end of season stats and you go, he, well, he's not finished better than wide receiver 18 at any season in his career. And you'd be correct, but that's really only, uh, like, you're not you're not looking at the full picture. You've got you know, it says he played 17 games. He, That's not he did true. not. He did not. You have the Buffalo week. So, you know, you throw that one out. You've got week 14 against Cleveland. He was he he supposedly got a start, but he played one snap. That was that was on the coaching staff. That was not fair to the fantasy players cuz they said he's good to go and then they just didn't play. They said, oh, yeah, we, just, we decided not to play him because he was hurt. I'm like, well, tell me that. Right. God. And then week five against Baltimore, he played 16% of the snaps. Week Got one against on, like, Pittsburgh. The first drive, I think. Yep. Week one against Pittsburgh, he only played 26% of the snaps. Got hurt, left the game. So there are four weeks, essentially, where he pretty much got deleted. Yeah. There are three weeks where he played, played, and had a grand total of one target for one catch and 13 yards in those three weeks. And then there's week one where he played 26% of snaps, got hurt in, I think, the first quarter or the second quarter, beginning of the second quarter, had two targets, two catches. So look at his look fully at the, healthy games. Yeah. If you look at his fully healthy games, he was averaging like, was it 16 and a half, 17 points per week? Yeah, I think so. I mean, week, week two, fully healthy, 19 points, 14 points, 25 points. Then fully healthy again, uh, week six. He had 10 points, not that, not, don't love it. Then 14, 13, 13, then 23, 
24, 12, 16, 26. So when he's healthy, the dude is very safe. Yeah, he only really had one dud week, and that was week 18 against Baltimore. That doesn't um, count. Week 18 doesn't count. They'd Nobody's already, playing fantasy that weekend. They'd already, they'd already locked up the two seed at that point. Yeah. So, T. Higgins... Really, you can take, like, another game off his schedule then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, T. Higgins is... His total stats are a bit misleading to the player that he actually was last year. And uh, he's he's going to be really good. We've got him at wide receiver 12. Yeah. Full, belie- full, full believer in T. Higgins. Number 13, we have Chris Olave. I was I I want I thought about putting him over Higgins. I thought about it. I couldn't do it, but I thought about it. I I don't know which one of those two I would pick if I were on the clock. I think if I were in a dynasty startup, I would go Alave. But if I'm in a in a redraft league, I would probably just default to the ranking and go T Higgins. Yeah, I think I I think I agree there. Um, because this Alave does have a ceiling too. Alave does. He can pop. Now, there are questions with Olave about the situation a bit. There's one question that nobody I've seen ask, which I think is a legitimate question worth asking. Is Michael Thomas going to play this year, going to be something? Um, I will believe that when I see it. Well, I've heard this story. Funny you mention that. For the past few years. <laughs> funny you mention that because last year, obviously he got hurt and he missed pretty much the whole year <laughs> he played three games but in those three games can i interest you in 22 points 18 points 10 points he scored three touchdowns in those three games and interest me I don't believe in him yet <laughs> all and i'm even saying at is this point okay go ahead michael thomas i know he's old i know the the quarterback questions are definitely there i mean Derek Carr is fine so I guess they're not really questions. It's an upgraded quarterback. But yeah, I think. Go ahead. I mean, Michael Thomas did show flashes last year. Uh, he was dominant in the red zone. He's been great before. I don't know if we can expect him to be dominant again. I'm just saying, is he going to be a? Uh, assuming he stays healthy, which I don't think that's safe to assume. But as, assuming he does, is he going to, you know, end up with like 115 targets? Is he going to cap Chris Olave's ceiling? It's, it's possible. But I think Olave, he's got to have secured himself the number one role in this offense. I would think so. And look at look at Derek Carr, his history in the past. He very much zeroes in on his number one wide receiver. And say what you will about Derek Carr, his top option is always good. Darren Waller has had multiple seasons of over 1,000 yards. Hunter Renfro cracked the top 10. Hunter Renfro. I would yeah. think it's safe to say Chris Olave is very much better than Hunter Renfro. Devontae Adams was great, obviously, but still he goes from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr and is still the wide receiver three on the year. So Derek Carr, wide receiver ones produce with Derek Carr, and I think Chris Olave will be no different. Fair enough. You won't see much more argument from uh, from me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I fully believe in Chris Olave. Uh, I just think that I don't know how good that offense is going to be. And so there are some questions about how high his ceiling can get to this year. 
Um, but still, we've got him at 13. Uh, I think it's safe to say we believe in him, especially I mean, when a, you look at some of these names after him on this list. It was a carousel at quarterback for the Saints. He missed a couple games, was still wide receiver 25 in PPR. Yeah. As a rookie. Yeah, he was great. I got to experience it last year. It was awesome. Yeah. We love Chris Olave. Okay. Number 14. I, think, I feel like there's a tear break here, too. Maybe a little Maybe. bit. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a big believer in DK Metcalf, who we got at 14. I don't think you're a big believer. Um, I mean, I Metcalf is he's very good, but I'm less so infatuated than you are. You are, and so I think I've made this argument on here before, but I'm going to make it again. DK DK is a very interesting situation where. We have seen him produce as a top 10 receiver before. We've seen him absolutely dominate um, in terms of scoring touchdowns, yards, all that stuff. Russell Wilson leaves, and then he goes for 1,006. The other part of DK that maybe we overlook is that he led the NFL in red zone targets last year. And only ended up with six touchdowns. Um, his two Sorry. previous years, he had double-digit touchdowns. I, I think it is, even with Geno Smith, I do think that projecting him at 10 touchdowns starting there is very reasonable, considering I think it's extremely likely he leads the league in red zone targets again. I mean, they drafted Jackson Smith and Jigby in the first round. But Jackson Smith Ajigba is a slider frame wide receiver. DK is the sort of guy that, and this is what the Seahawks did, you just throw it to him and you expect that he comes down with it. He's 6'4", 235. I mean, he is enormous. It's not a bad idea just to chuck the ball to DK and have him go get it over somebody's head. Problem is last year just didn't quite work out that way. Uh, and he ended up being very much a, like a, a, a a glorified tight end, I guess you will, for Gino. Gino, he was just like his his safety blanket. He had 140 targets. He had the it's volume, just didn't blanket. quite. It's a big safety blanket. He just he just didn't have like the big plays, and he didn't convert his red zone opportunities. And so you ended up with a season where he's good, but not amazing. He finishes wide receiver 16 in PPR. I think if you approach DK Metcalf, where you've got Tyler Lockett, who is going to play his age 32 season um they do draft jackson smith and jigba who we both love and they did I bring in you, zach charbonnet too which is another red zone weapon right they did have kenneth walker um who was you know he scored a bunch himself i just think you can start dk at 10 touchdowns and you know he had 90 catches which only turned into 1048 yards i think the yardage numbers can come up a little bit. I think be, if you've got be more efficient this year, especially yeah, with that, all those weapons, I think that's what I'm trying to get. I, I would expect him to be more efficient to score more. And you could see that, you know, wide receiver 16 finish turn into a potential top 12 finish. Yeah. I could, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I agree with all of it. I just, it scares me more than, more than some other guys. Fair enough. Yeah, he, I don't know, dude. He's still, 
He just, it feels like he's a sleeping giant, just like waiting to absolutely go nuclear. He's, he had a tough rookie season, wide receiver seven, year two, 14, 16. I don't know if it just feels to me like he's leveled out, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I am too low on him. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. And I guess I'm, I'm not ridiculously low on him. I did have him. Let's see when we did it. My, my actual rankings had him at 17. So three spots lower. Not too bad. Not too bad. All right. This next dude, total, uh, we're going out on a limb. We're calling our shot. Both of us. I'm good with I it. think we were surprised when we looked at each other's own rankings and then made this composite list. We both looked at each other like, wait, oh, you like Calvin Ridley too? We yeah. both like Calvin Ridley. Uh, we got Calvin Ridley at 15. He was better than that last time he played. I'm he looking at it from more of... it's. I want to put him higher just because I love Calvin Ridley, but I get he hasn't played football in a year. Obviously, that's a big concern. But last time we saw him, he was a top five receiver. And I, I think we could be potentially looking at a situation like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Trevor Lawrence is going into year three. They go get him a veteran, proven receiver. You could see something special where the two of them just click and explode. Yeah, I think you could definitely see that. <clears throat> You're going to have to call your shot a bit because it's been, let's see, it's been two years since he has played football. Yeah. Uh the last time we saw him was in 2020 when he finished the wide receiver five in PPR. And I mean, that was year three. That was the year three breakout. It was like, okay, Calvin Ridley's here to stay. He is a superstar. We see it. I mean, he had 1300 yards that year. All right, we're going to lock him in for, you know, 1200 yards or better from here on out. And then all the crap hits the fan. And all of a sudden he's now a Jaguar. I mean, I will say Trevor of, Lawrence is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan was. Considerably. Um, <laughs> at least at, it, it, well, at least at this point in their career. Last time Matt last time he and Ridley were clicking, Ridley Matt Ryan was still good. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm more baking into a year three jump from Trevor Lawrence, like we had with Josh Allen, with kind of my projection here. Yeah, and I know we both like Christian Kirk. Um, but I think we both view Calvin Ridley as the wide receiver one in this offense. Easily. So if that is the case, and Christian Kirk was a uh, top 12 receiver last year, it would follow that Calvin Ridley is going to have a good season. Yeah, very excited. Number 16, the, the guy pulling up the rear in this three-pack, Devonta Smith. The Reaper. The Dude is Reaper. so good. He is Silky so good. smooth. Um, I guess it, the only questions with the Smith. He proved a lot of people wrong this past year. He did. I mean, he had a okay rookie year. I mean, it was good, not great. But m my goodness, this past season he was incredible. Absolutely. I know. Incredible. I was. I was definitely higher on him than you were, but I wasn't that high on him. No, nobody was. I mean, he was probably like your wide receiver twenty last year. Yeah, I, if and this is this is thinking way back. I want to say you probably had him closer to what thirty. 
Yeah. 35-ish, and I think I was probably like 28-ish. Yeah. I didn't, I yeah. didn't pushing, pushing wide receiver two, but like a good wide receiver three. And he still ended up with 136 targets, 95 receptions, 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns. He's A.J. Brown light. I mean, it's well, the same, almost really kind of light. the same situation. <laughs> it, it's, he's, he's not a big dude. He's tall, but he is quite slight. <laughs> he is but he like is light. he's yeah. a he's a lesser version of he's not going to be quite what aj brown is but he's going to have those big weeks and he's relatively safe and he's going to be very efficient yeah he had uh let's see here he had five 100 yard games last year the caveat with devonta smith is that four of his five 100 yard games came when dallas goddard was injured that's fair. So I think the reason why we've got Smith where he is now is because it is not an extremely high volume pass offense, although a very efficient pass offense where any one of Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown or Devonta Smith could absolutely explode on any given week. Problem is any one of those three could explode on any given week. And if that happens, you're going to have somebody being the odd man out. And that ha- that will happen for Devonta Smith. He's going to have weeks where it's just, you know, they trot it out against like the Bears, end up beating them by th- 24, and you just don't need to pass the ball. And that happened yep. a lot last year as well. So he's really good. Uh, the offense, sort if, if this was an offense that threw the ball 650 times, uh, Devonta Smith would be a top 12 receiver for us. Yeah. It's kind of like if we're talking real-life football, I think Devonta Smith is up there with Higgins, Jalen Waddle, Amon Ross St. Brown kind of players. Yeah. But for fantasy, he has to drop lower because T. Higgins is going to be catching passes from Joe Burrow, which means he can, in an offense where Jamar Chase may get 180 targets, Higgins can still get 140. Whereas it's not, that's just not the case with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And I, and I know Devonta Smith ended up with 136 last year, but. Um, I don't know how realistic it is that those same volume numbers repeat outside of an injury sort of situation. Um, he's just going to be a little bit more boom bust with Dallas Goddard healthy with AJ Brown healthy. If any, if anybody gets hurt though, I mean, Devonta Smith is a top 12 receiver. Yeah. When you look at the games, I'm kind of seeing what you're saying with, uh, well, I mean, with Goddard, he had games where, you know, 15 points, 30 points, but then he only had a four-target game. Then he came back 18, 15, but then another two-target game. And then Goddard goes down, and then he had a minimum of eight targets a game after that. Right. Yeah, and I mean, if he gets eight targets a game, he's going to be really good. We saw that. Uh, If he gets less than eight targets, which could happen because it could just be game script, then, I mean, there's not a ton you can do. This team's going to run the ball a lot, too. Right. So, and Jalen Hurts. He's like we saw last year. He's going to score a lot in the red zone. There's not going to be as many touchdowns to go around. And AJ Brown is a touchdown freaking vortex. <laughs> so, so I mean, I know he scored seven last year, Devonta Smith. But like, uh, unless the touchdown numbers overall come up, I mean, AJ Brown, you're already siphoning off like eleven of those things, twelve of those things, just to go to him off the top. And then you're looking at, well, how many more? touchdowns are left to go around uh and that could be something else to consider as well yeah so we like him but understand the the risk number 17 we've got amari cooper 
feels weird. Amari's just, he's not a very sexy pick anymore. It doesn't feel good. He's not. But then you, I mean, who else is going to take targets from him? We, we talked about Elijah Moore, I think, on our last episode. I like him, but there's a ton of risk with him. And Amari Cooper is just going to soak up all of the targets. Last year, he was the wide receiver 10 in PPR. That is shocking. If, it, you don't think he was that high. It's You don't think of it wow. that way. But um, he scored a lot of touchdowns. Uh, let's see here. He ended up with nine touchdowns, which I think for Amari Cooper feels high. It was his career high in terms of touchdowns. Um, he was great with Jacoby Brissett. He was not so great with Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think it is fair to assume Deshaun Watson will be better than he was last year. Not a lot of people feel that way because I think they just hate his guts, which, you know, fair enough. I get it. But he was a top five quarterback three years in a row prior to his, the whole thing there. Uh, I mean, I, I think you, you should expect decent to good quarterback play, and he was objectively terrible. Uh, brushing off that rust last year, and that affected Amari Cooper. Yeah, yeah, I expect Deshaun, and that's kind of again what you're baking in with his prices. We just Deshaun's got to be better because he can't be much worse than that, right? Yeah, and I mean, if he's as good as Jacoby Brissett was last year, which was not amazing, <laughs> they were not winning a ton of games, but with Jacoby Brissett, Amari Cooper was incredible. I'll still take that production. <laughs> You'll take it, and uh, so he ends up at uh, 17. 18, we have Keenan Allen. That feels really bad. But Keenan Allen ends up at 18. They bring in QJ. Uh, I think you almost have to bake in injuries at this point with Mike Williams and probably also Keenan Allen. Yeah, Um, It's been a couple years in a row now. How old is Keenan Allen now? I think he's 30, like right at 30. He may be turning 31. Oh, he is 31. He's basically, I wonder if he's going to play this season at age 32. I'm not sure. I'd have to double I feel check like that. he was 30 this past year, so he's going to be 31 the whole season. Okay. Um, you know, he's a volume king. He's a great route runner. Gets a ton of targets, which he did in the games he played uh, last year. We know what he is at this point questions are going to remain about uh, them drafting a wide receiver in the first round and like how involved Quentin Johnston is early on. Um, I think I think my questions are more purely of help, about help because if you get a fully so much went wrong for the Chargers last year I think we can almost write it off. Um, so if we get if you get the offensive line healthy again, you get Justin Herbert fully healthy, you get Mike Williams fully healthy. And obviously, you get Keenan fully healthy. Like I, that it, they'll, they'll be fine. Keenan will probably end up higher than this. Yeah, I mean, I just looked, and last year he played ten games. Six of those ten games, he had over eighty yards. He's good. He's quite good. <laughs> He's a it's, very good receiver. Yeah, this is purely. I'm concerned about injuries having Keenan right here. Yeah. Number 19, we're excited for the breakout. We're projecting the breakout. Uh, finally. I think it and will And it's good to have happen. you on my side this time. Oh, I'm so 100% in on Jerry Judy at wide receiver 19 right now. Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, 
I have completely forsaken Cortland Sutton. He is dead oh, to he's, me. He's gone. I stuck my neck out for him, and he just pooped on my head. It was embarrassing. I, I felt bad for you every time we talked about him. <sighs> but Jerry Judy, on the other hand, let's let's look at the, the diamond in the rough. Yeah. The offense was terrible, and Jerry Judy showed flashes, which is something we cannot say for his counterpart, Cortland Sutton. Uh I think he's the wide receiver one in that offense, and I think the offense improves. Uh, I don't believe Russell Wilson hard is as to bad be as worse. he was last year. It it is hard to be worse. It is very hard to be worse. It uh yeah it'll be a question. I, actually, I don't think the, I think the question should go away with the volume. Sutton's a year older. They've already talked about trading him in the off season. I don't think yep. the Broncos believe in him. I think you're going to see the target share come way up. I'm, I was trying to look up his target share from last year. Eight targets, 11 targets. Obviously, really good finish toward the end of the season. Nine targets, 10 targets, eight targets, eight targets. 33 points, 14 points, 17 points. I think that's the Jerry Judy. That's what Jerry Judy is right yeah. there. And that's what's that's what's coming. We'll see how run-oriented they are, kind of depending on Javante Williams' health. I've heard he may be back week one. We'll see. But I don't know. If anything, that probably helps the offense be more efficient. I would guess so. And I, I do think that, I mean, it's got to be more efficient. It's Sean Payton, man. Yeah. We've seen Sean Payton. He's a very good coach. He is quite good. His offenses are perennially good. <laughs> he and, uh, and Drew Brees are Hall of Famers. Yeah. And, and they were bad last year, and Jerry Judy showed us what he can do. So I think with a uh, with a better scenario, with hopefully an improved Russell Wilson and uh, an inflated target share, Jerry Judy will step up and finally be what he was drafted to be, which was to be great. Jerry, you got a lot on your shoulders. Don't let me down. No pressure. Number 20, wrapping things up here, Terry McLaurin. Fainty. Scary Terry. My goodness, he's so good every single year. He's had terrible quarterback play every single year. If he ever uh, had a quarterback, he'd be top five. Honestly. You put him in, like, put him on the Bills. Oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> He'd be incredible. If you gave Terry McLaurin 160 targets, honestly, from anyone, <laughs> he's going to have 1,400 yards. And, like, I uh, think he would put up CeeDee Lamb, Stefan Diggs numbers. For sure. I, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, he had 1,200 yards last year, five touchdowns on 120 targets. Uh, you know, the quarterback play was pretty terrible. Carson Wentz, uh, Taylor Heineke. It's not getting much better. That's not great. But he was Sam still, Howell. well, yeah, but they do have the Amari Cooper whisperer, Jacoby that, Brissett. That, that is true. I would love backup. if he'd be the Terry McLaurin whisperer. Oh, I would love that. If Terry McLaurin finished as the wide receiver ten, would you be surprised? I would. He's be. got that. He's got that talent in him. I would not be surprised either. If he gets a few touchdowns, ends up with like a eight nine touchdown season. Uh, you know, you pop in another twelve hundred yards. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I'd be happy with it. I'm pulling for Terry McLaurin. I don't know that there's a whole lot else you got to say about him. I mean, we know what yeah. he is. We know what his potential is. We've been calling it for years. I think this is. It's just. More of the same, maybe a little bit better. Man needs a situation. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, number That's 21. all a lot of these guys are here late. That 
some of these guys I'm looking at them, talent-wise, they're up there with the Metcalfs and the Ridleys and those guys, but the situation is just so bad that they, they can't overcome it. Right. Yeah, so it leads us to 21, Christian Watson. I uh, Goodness gracious, he was electric there for a month. I don't think I've ever seen touchdown production like that ever he was ridiculous that was that was solid i'll, I'll give him a i'll give him a thumbs up <laughs> he gets a single thumbs up yeah single thumbs up because i don't really i was not a big christian watson fan still i'm really not a huge christian watson fan but how do you feel about his his long-term outlook just what do you think know, he's gonna man. be he's one of those like there's there's so many question marks and like he he's so He's so boomer bust. I don't really like it. Like he he did this with Aaron Rodgers. Can he do it with Jordan Love? I don't know because I don't know what Jordan Love is. I wasn't sold on Christian Watson. So if you get a guy I'm not sold on here and then pair him with another guy that I'm not sold on, I don't know. I feel like the the odds are against you. They could heck they could click. Christian Watson he's obviously talented to do what he did last year towards the end. So if they click. Odds are against him, but hey, you could be great. I do think he is a physical freak. I mean, yeah. he's 6'5", and he ran a 4'3". He absolutely crushed at the Senior Bowl prior to the NFL draft, and then he comes out. He deals with a lot of injuries, uh, but there is a stretch from Week 10 to Week 13 where he's scoring three touchdowns, two touchdowns, one touchdown, one touchdown. He gets seven touchdowns in four weeks, goes absolutely nuclear, turns into the, uh, I guess, the story of the fantasy season there for that month-long stretch. I think what we you thought he was going to be Amon Ra for a minute. For a minute, yeah, and he was. He he was that level of just out of nowhere explosion. I think what you want to see with some of these guys is you just want to see a flash, and I think we saw the flash with Christian Watson. To the point where I think he's going to be a good NFL receiver. Uh, the questions, though, are now that there's no Aaron Rodgers, is Jordan Love good enough? And is Christian Watson right now good enough for them to uh, create great fantasy production this year for Christian Watson? That part I don't know, but I think his long-term outlook is pretty good. I I, yeah. I like him in Dynasty just because I think the talent will win out. Uh, but right now I'm not 100% sure how good he's going to be. So we've got to be yeah. 21. Yeah, and the the target share wasn't ever really there no. last season, so I just don't know how much it translates with Jordan Love this year, but we'll see. Number 22, we got DJ Moore, the new Chicago man. Oh, I want to be, be higher on him. I've been wanting to be higher on DJ Moore for years, and I just couldn't justify it. I think, I mean, heck, it could happen again where you, you get the young quarterback is... His, his, his third year, same as same as Trevor Lawrence. You get him that talented player, it could happen. We've seen it before. It could, uh, but I think Less he ends likely, up... Less likely, but... Yeah, I do think Justin Fields is significantly better of a passer than what he was a year ago, or even two years ago. But I don't know how it'll all come together. I don't... I mean, that offensive line is okay at best. They do have better uh weapons there for him but i still don't know if that's going to be a above average passing offense i kind of expect them to be pretty fine not great 
And if that's the case, it is pretty much more of the same for DJ Moore, where he is maybe a little bit better, but not... 1,200 no, yards and four touchdowns. Again. Yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> more the same. I mean, I, I think Justin Fields is better than what Sam Darnold was a year ago. I, I think that's... Oh, oh my be, gosh. Yes. I think that's true. But, like, I don't know that that means automatically that DJ Moore's awesome now. So we've yep. got him at 22. Which, it feels kind of bad. But at the same time, I don't really want to put him over any of these other guys. He is He's a perennial... Know exactly what it is. Speaking Scientists of- actually in a lab tried to... Uh, produce results with computational models where DJ Moore gets more or less than 1,200 yards and four touchdowns, but every time the world blew up. So, <laughs> Oh, man. That's, that's the most uncanny thing ever, that he just gets 1,200 <laughs> yards, four touchdowns every single year. Yeah. Without fail. Um it. Speaking of really good receivers with really bad quarterbacks, we got Chris Godwin at people, 23. People are sleeping on Chris Godwin this year. They are. I think his archetype of receiver, which is a route-running stud outside receiver, is to a certain extent quarterback-proof. Um, and I think he ends up being the better of the two between him and Mike Evans, which has not been the case the past few years when they've been the most past happy offense in the NFL with Tom Brady. Um, They're not going to be the most past happy offense in the NFL this year with Baker Mayfield slash Kyle Trask. So at that point, you got to wonder like, well, they probably won't score a ton, but Chris Godwin's been producing as a top 15 receiver without touchdowns for years. And uh, he's going to get open. So I would imagine Baker Mayfield would target him more than Mike Evans, who is not an elite separator at this point in his career. Yeah. Uh, I think our days of seeing him as the wide receiver, wide receiver two are done, but that was also a really weird year. Yeah. When he only scored 276 fantasy points and was a wide receiver one or two. Yeah, that was weird. I don't see that happening again, but just talent wise, top 15 is never out of the question with him. We'll see. It's, he's got a tough road to succeed, but if anybody can do it, it'll be him. And our guy rounding out the top 24, maybe a bit of a surprise. We knew it. We don't feel like it. Had to be there. Mr. Jackson Smith and Jigba. People may call us crazy, and I get why. <laughs> but the dude is so good. He's incredible. I mean, we've we've beaten a dead horse with it, but on a team full of current NFL superstars, Jackson Smith and Jigba was the best wide receiver at Ohio State. Yeah. And it, he, he, okay, he's doing the same thing. People were worried about Jamar Chase when he came in, like, oh, well, he's got to deal with T. Higgins. They were worried about Justin Jefferson, like, oh, Adam Thielen's there. And yes, DK Metcalf is better than Adam Thielen. He's probably right there with Higgins. But like, he, the dude checks every box you're looking for for a first round receiver. He broke out early at college, he produced at a ridiculously high level with ridiculously talented receivers around him who are great in the NFL. And he's going to a situation that's, it's not a bad situation. I don't think at least. No, no. I mean, he, uh, he's going to, 
I don't really I know quite s- how to put it because I don't think he has a Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase rookie no. season. No, but I can see a world where he he starts off kind of slow, a little bit like Jefferson does, and then towards the mids to late season, just really takes over Lockett's position and is just that dude. I'm looking up Devonta Smith's rookie year just to sort of get a feel for what could potentially be happening here. Because I feel like that is what we might be able to expect. Devonta Smith's rookie year, he had 104 targets, which I think Njigba ends up with a little bit more than that. But let's say 104, that's a realistic-ish number. Uh, 64 catches, 900 yards, five touchdowns. I think that's a fair expectation for what we might get from Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, and I think he, he, would, he might catch more passes than that because that's just his role. Yeah. The dude just soaks up targets and catches from that slot position. And he is so shifty once he catches the ball. Yeah, people have concerns about his straight line speed, but he put put up like top five numbers when it came to the three cone and shuttle. So he's unbelievably quick. It was Cooper Cup three cone shuttle type numbers. Yeah, just in close quarters, the dude, the dude will be able to separate. He will be able to leave people with that yeah, level so that, of quickness. That rounds out our top 24. Let us know. Hit us up on Instagram, at fantasybrothers underscore, if we missed anybody. I'm sure there are many, many people that, we did not uh, miss a single player. that you're mad about. This was a perfect ranking. If, if they're not on here, I hate to tell you, you're wrong. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to have to be like that, but you are. Hate to break the news to you, but if they're not in our top 24, they are certifiably a terrible NFL receiver. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We had one guy that... So is Mike Evans a bad receiver? He's terrible. Yeah, we kicked him off your list. Mm. Drake London, a bad receiver? Sucks. Quentin Johnston, Jordan Edison? Poo-poo. Okay. I just had to make sure. (laughs) That'll do it for this one. If you enjoyed the episode, check us out on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore. We're also on threads now. What a time to be alive. We're I didn't even threads. know what threads was until Josh told me, like, hey, we're on threads. Cool. Yeah, we're on threads. Also, fantasybrothers underscore. Check us out there. It's a fun time over in threads. Instagram, it's all buttoned up. Threads, it's like the after party. That's that's basically what it is. The, uh, the fantasy brothers, uh, what is it? Not un... Unleashed. Unleashed. What's, your, what's, your, what's your when you unbutton your shirts? Unbuttoned. I, I, I'm looking for like a relax, lax <laughs> like terminology. I can't think of one. It's too no late in the day, man. It's Fantasy Brothers off the clock. I don't. I don't know. That's it. There off the go. clock. That's it. what we're looking for. There we go. That'll do it for this one. We'll see you next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.